Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. We told you it was coming and now it's here. We are live doing the Cryptid Crossroads. So welcome to the show. And uh, let's start off by saying if you want to get in touch with us, the new email is now cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. And we do want to hear from you. Right. Uh, welcome to our, our second episode. We wanted to do the maiden voyage out uh, in our favorite place up in the mountains. And we did it. It was a... Uh, a little, we had some technical difficulties, but we pushed through. It was uh, successful. That's right. And now we are in the, I guess, the reband, rebranded studio. This is the rebranded studio. We are now in the cryptid cave. The cryptid cave. How's and that? And when you come in, it's the crossroads. So That's that, right. Just be wary of the path you choose. That's right. So if you ever come and visit us, be worry you got to go through the crossroads to get to the cryptic cave right we we, we wanted to do this because the name is more suitable for the topics that's and, right and but one thing that hasn't changed is we still want to salute you that's right you are our number one priority we want to bring you the best content we can and so in doing that we will always salute you you my number one that's right to you A little bit of deadly uh, poison. Woo-hoo, 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 woo-hoo. Wait, I think that was supposed to go in the chainsaw. I think so. I think <laughs> was that gas? <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm starting to lose my sight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, we uh, like we said, we welcome you, and we want to get this started uh, tonight. We want to talk about habitation and the Sasquatch, our favorite topic. I asked my brother, what topic should we talk about tonight? And tell him what you decide. But before I do that, I'd like to welcome uh, a few new members to the Facebook page. Oh, uh, by all means. Yeah, we had a few come, and uh, one of them reached out to me, asked me about uh, my encounter. So I forwarded him an older link, and right. and some other guys I know, they joined up. And we're, we're, we're getting people slowly on the on the Facebook page. We are. Uh, we'd like to see you all there so you could join the discussions and you could share, you know, there's a lot of you who do the same thing we do. That's right. You go out there and you collect evidence. Uh, <clears throat> that's a good place to, to share them and we could discuss it. Um, also, I forgot what I was going to say. See, it, it was that <laughs> shot. It truly was gasoline. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we got a, a lot of people coming on board. And oh, also, uh, I'm, I'm on other platforms as well on Facebook, the other groups and uh there was a, a certain uh, group. I'm not even going to mention his name because, uh, you know, he's he's probably the top Sasquatch uh, podcaster. He's he's a household name, really. Right. But he he's got kind of a, I don't know an attitude because he he's on top. He's he knows on top, so he he looks down at the other podcasters, and he says, "Oh, you're he he 
he basically criticizes them. He says they're not as good as him. But anyway, I was on his Facebook platform, and there were several people saying, uh, I messaged him my story, and he never got back with me, this and that. So I put it out there. You know, if you guys want to come over to Cryptid 505, Cryptid Crossroads 505, we'd love to hear your story. We'd love to have you on. We could share it for you, whatever. Try it. We're never too big, because those of you that have already emailed, you know we reached out. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you're what makes it happen. So if you want to come over and tell us your story, come on, we'll we'll share it. Right. Uh, you're the reason we're here. Right. Well, part of the reason. Part of the reason, <laughs> but uh, the, the other half of the reason is we love what we do. We love right. going out there, and even if we didn't have the podcast or the Facebook page, we would still be going out there doing what we do. That's right, because this topic is so intriguing and it's such a mystery. There's no one is an expert. I don't care who says I'm an expert. No, you're not. Until you're holding hands with one of those walking down the street, you're not an expert. Right. And that, that's what gets me is they have these conferences and these speakers come in that are so-called experts. I'm like, no one's an expert. Really? Yeah. Now, yeah. but it, anyway, that, back, anyway, back, back anyway. to the subject. That's right. Uh, we were talking uh, earlier and he, my brother asked me, what do you want to talk about? And we've touched on this before, the habitation. And uh, the reason I wanted to talk about that is because our last trip out there, uh, well, our second to the last trip, we ran into that little shelter. Now, I'm not saying a Sasquatch made it. I'm not saying a human made it. It's very old. There just wasn't enough for us to go on to figure out, you know, right. who made it. But it was definitely interesting. It was intriguing because it was, uh, we hiked up the hill a little ways. And I mean, we've been camping there in that area for years already. And that's the first time I've seen it, but it's obviously been been there for a while. Right. No, no, I I don't think we went up that far to where we would have found it, but this time we did. Right. On this journey, we kind of went above and beyond where we usually just trek. Right. So, yeah. We put on our big boy pants and. Uh, yeah, I was I was a little more curious, and the reason I was curious is because, like my brother said that the night before, we heard some critters up there. We know they were on four legs, but still, we wanted to find out what was up there walking around. Um, and also intriguing that the evening we heard uh, a rabbit uh, definitely laying out some screams that was getting chased, and all of a sudden it went silent. So we said, "Poor thing didn't make it." Right, but uh, well, it was screaming. It was. Uh Now, I don't know how many of you have actually heard a rabbit screaming for its life. Oh, my God. I mean, up close. Right. And uh, it went on for a few minutes. It It did. It it startled us so much that... uh We took notice. We did. It's it's horrifying. It, 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 It sounds like a woman just getting the crap beat out of her screaming for her life. And uh, it's it's a little frightening, if you ask me. If you, we're just sitting there and it starts screaming like that, and you're like, "What? What? What is that?" <laughs> yeah. But yep. but we just wanted to trek up and yeah. find out what was what, and uh, we did, and, and we found that structure. That structure, we found a couple of uh, tree bends. Um, the only way I could explain it is the tree bends were put there intentionally. Right. I mean, because trees don't naturally bend like that. Right. It, it was uh, the tree was bent and. Log or lodged under another tree to hold it. It was kind of like weaved under right, another there you tree. Go, weave. That's a good. And uh, uh, you know, I know everyone knows. Scientists know that trees don't grow like that. They don't grow bending and weave under another tree. Right. So it, it was. It was interesting what it meant. I don't know, but it caught our attention. Right. And, and another reason I wanted to go up there, we we went up uh, the mountain there uh, further than we've ever been. 
because right up there is when I had my encounter, that's where what I thought was the male was standing there shaking the trees and yelling at us. So I just wanted to see. And uh, uh, as I, I said in my encounter, I could hear it walking through the brush and, you know, it'd stop and shake a tree, break off a limb, smack the tree. And, right. But to see the terrain that he walked on, that was that was pretty steep, wasn't it? Yeah, we did. Uh, as I was walking up, I was thinking to myself, the, you see videos of these creatures and they go up this type of terrain and they do it with ease and they're out of sight within seconds. And you see the the human, like we are, trying to follow it. There's there's no wonder why the man took two minutes to get to where he first saw it. It's, it's rugged terrain and it's right. steep. So that tells me that these creatures, when they are on the move, that they, there's some power behind it. There's some power some agility and some strength right uh, that just we don't have and you know w- walking up terrain like that that's where they get their lung capacity so they can scream the sustained scream yeah um <clears throat> truthfully I, I i thought you know if you're not if you're not strong or you're not graceful it, i could see how a hiker could get injured and and roll back down or or slip and break right. a leg easy right and that yeah. was our concern when we were there right it, it it's it's just the way it is that's how it is but but to get back on track right. uh, we were exploring up there and that's when we found the shelter now i i've seen shelters um on these so-called bigfoot shows and stuff and they they call them nests now, I was talking with my brother, why would they build these nests? And um, the only thing we could think of is, uh, now the way our thinking is, maybe there's like a localized location where the majority of the clan is. Right. Then you have the scouts or whatever you want to call them on the outskirts. And like if they're out during the day and they need to take a break, they'll build them a nest, you know, a little bit of shelter from the rain or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, that that is, and I was thinking about it too, and I'm like, I have two two dogs that you know they love the water. They're born water dogs. They're uh, Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, and they're just natural hunters. They will jump in the water without hesitation. But I've watched them when it rains. They do seek shelter themselves. I'm like, these dogs love water, but yet when the rain's pouring down. They don't want no part of it. They want shelter. So I was thinking, even though this is maybe a hybrid primate, human being, whatever, whatever the theory is out there, this creature itself is full of hair. And I'm thinking it's like my dogs. It's going to seek shelter, and it may build shelter, especially if it's hunting in a particular area, to get out of the weather. They don't like to be hot. They don't like to be wet because they get cold. They're basically no different than us, but with a lot more hair. So that was my theory, thinking that's the purpose of these shelters is to stay out of the elements. Right. And that's just it. I was thinking to stay out of the sun also, especially since uh, the majority of them are nocturnal. Right. Now, they say the scouts are awake during the day. And um, I've heard many stories where people, they go into a certain territory and there'll be one that shows himself, and he escorts him out. Now, right. is that a scout keeping him away from the clan? Uh, maybe there's young over there. Um, 
There again, that's a theory, and I don't know. But I, this is this is just thinking. I'm trying to put myself in their frame of thought, their mind frame. But I would I would tend to agree with that because if I was protecting my tribe, and let's say my my elderly, my young, and and just the hunters are asleep because we know they're nocturnal. Right. Uh, they're asleep. It's my duty to protect them. I am gonna either. Uh, come to you aggressively without causing a fight as aggressive as i can come to get you to get out of our territory i'm gonna do it so i think you're spot on on that right right and um well i'm not an expert well but no, i act like i'm one well, <laughs> we both do but like i said no one's an expert but you got to try and kind of think like they do i mean chimpanzees do the same thing they're they're gonna try and get you out of their territory uh, if you hear some banging, that's my dog. Speak of the devils, <laughs> right? But yeah. uh, but no, I, I think that's but that's not being dumb animals. Because if you come into a crowd of elk, as we saw a big one, uh, they, they'll let you walk up to. They, they don't care that as soon as you get close, they get spooked and they'll run away. But these creatures are different. They they're confrontational. They're basically telling you you got to leave. Right, and so there's some intelligence behind that. Well, even with the elk, it depends on what time of the year. Because during the rut, Where, if you walk up and there's a couple of bulls, they're going to get you out of there. Well, of of course, but I mean, they're not going to be in a, as aggressive as a, I've seen them pretty aggressive. Well, I haven't. I have. <laughs> well, I haven't because maybe they'd be on the dinner table. Right, right. But anyway, um, we're we're just talking about the structure we found, and we've seen them in documentaries and. And another reason I wanted to speak of this is on our Facebook page, we have a, a relatively new member. She's been there a while. Thanks right. for joining us, Eden. Right. And Eden uh, commented um, that where they live, they live up north. I'm, I'm not going to give out her location. Right. But uh, they go exploring. And she said they've found uh, structures similar to that. So if they found structures similar, I, Eden, you're listening. What builds those structures? Is it hippies out in the woods, or how far out do you go? Um, uh, and I, I made the comment as hippies because we know it's not. Uh, think about what really builds that and why they build it, <clears throat> as we have here. Uh, right. It's it's interesting to think what creature is out here building uh, basically a little uh, branch igloo is what I call them. Right. And it's, of course, I look at it and I'm like, this is to stay out of the elements. If the sun's beating down and it's scorching hot, I'm going to get in that little branch igloo. I'm going to take me a nap. As soon as that sun goes down, it starts cooling down. Now I'm ready to rock and roll and do business. Right now, when we go camping and it's hot, what do we do? We lay in the tent. We lay in the tent and we let the heat pass over us. And then as soon as the heat's done, we come out and we... We we're alive on, in the night. Yeah, we're alive and we're nocturnal. Right. Uh, Too bad we can't see at night. <laughs> we could barely see in the day. I know, but, right? But anyway, uh, uh, I, I talked a little bit with Eden, some comments on uh, the structure and stuff, and she said she would love her and her husband and her son, Raiden, Raiden's super fan. Shout out to you, Raiden. Yeah, he. they would love to come down and explore over here. So, I mean, next time they come, we should take them to our spot. They're welcome to come. And uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Raiden. He got a new hoodie about a 
Bigfoot saw me and no one believed him either. <laughs> so I loved it. Yep. It's great. I think we might have to get our own. That's right. We may have <laughs> to have Raiden call in and give us his thoughts on what he sees Sasquatch as, you know? Right. Well, hopefully when they come down, uh, maybe they could explore with us and maybe we could have him on the podcast. Right. Well, and there's another story that I, I'm definitely, I was supposed to get a phone call today, but it never happened. But I will reach out tonight. Uh, there's another youngster who's a little younger than Raiden, and he was out hiking, and he, he supposedly saw a Sasquatch, and right. I want his story. Right. I, I've heard this story. It's intriguing. Uh, he was with his mother, and it just... That's right. I, I'd love to hear his firsthand account. I would, too. And you know they say children tell the truth, so... Right. So we can't call him a liar. <laughs> He's going to tell us what he saw, and that's what I want to know. Anyway, back to the structures. I, I think that's... That's the biggest part is why they build them and develop them as is it's shelter to get out of the elements. Um, but you think deeper into it and you're like, there's got to be. If you've seen how this was built, it was it was built to, to last. It, it was intertwined. I'm not going right. to say it was a basket because a basket has intricate weaves. But it was weaved to where it's not going to fall. Even if the winds picked up to about 60, 70 miles an hour, that obviously they have, and that right. structure has not I fallen. I was going to say, uh, based on the way it looked, it's been there for a while, right? and we both know the weather can get pretty bu brutal up there. Right, so it was put together well, but it, I don't see a human doing that. Right. Uh, and like my brother said, we've seen many documentaries where people come and see structures let me give you a good example one of the best video footages uh, so so they say is when all these teenagers are on i guess a camping trip for the church or whatnot it's the marble mountain video right. and they find the structure and they climb into it and i guess the squatch sees them from way up high and he starts marching down and he's swinging his arms like he's pissed off because they're in his home. Right. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. It's their home and it's your home is so you could get out of the elements for all of us. Yeah, that, that's a good video. Uh, I believe it's on YouTube if you want to research that. It is. It's, it's an older one, but it's real good because it shows a structure. They're climbing all around it and one of the kids says, look, here he comes. Right. And then they show the camera. Now, now the camera, you got to take into account that the distance the camera zooms in, it's quite a way. And I'm like, the creature still looks tall from... Right. If you could see something from a distance... That tall. And you could see it that tall on the mountain ridge. Imagine wh how tall it is close to you. Right. So I'm going to say that's genuine footage. Uh you will have our naysayers out there that always want to call bullshit, but we tell them, you know what? Yeah. Either you do or you don't. Actually, we change know the, the channel. We know the queen of the naysayers. That's <laughs> <laughs> we won't say who she is, but you are the queen of the naysayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, back to the structures. Now we talked about the nests. Right now they're just. Uh, now we have not encountered one per se. These structures, they're, they're like a dome, not really a shelter. And those, it's still uh, up for debate what exactly those mean. I, you know, it's, all we can do is theorize. Right. Now, where we go camping, uh, the logs have deteriorated. You know, we've been going over the years or, you know, the snow load moves them, whatever. But there was a big X. Right. You remember the big X right. up the hill? And those were two trees, big trees, within the other trees that were 
intertwined to make an X. Right. Does it mean stay out? I don't know, but there was no uh, no stumps. The trees didn't just fall over perfectly like that. No. They were placed there. I mean, and, uh, in the area that it is, you can't get no kind of machinery up there. No. Oh, hell no, you can get no machinery up there. All that was done with sheer muscle and power. Uh, I... I uh, I've been thinking a lot about the structure and, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean? And it's been there for a while. So I, I'm wondering, you know, when you had you had your encounter, what, like five years ago? Yeah. It's been, been so long. I'm thinking, were they habitating in that area? And that's why you had that. Because that structure is perfect, perfect right. and, example and, of habitation. And they, they may be nomadic, like people say. We always said, oh, there's no reason for them to leave the Hamas because there's plenty of food and water. But that don't mean they stay in one area. They may move right. around those mountains. And, and we have had many, many freakish encounters up there that we can't explain. And we think, oh, they're in the area because of what we heard. But that doesn't mean that they stay there. They could still scout the area. Maybe it's part of their hunting ground, but they're no longer bedding down there. Right. I, I would say it's part of their hunting ground because the lake's there. And we, we've talked about them going to the lake, easy meal, you know, where they gut the fish. Easy, easy meal. But I'm thinking that they moved on, and uh, we're going to try and find them. You know, we... Uh, we know they're out there. Right. And w one of the things we did on our last trip is we've been driving around scouting other areas. Right. Now, the theory or I guess it's kind of conspiracy theory that they have part of the Valles Caldera blocked off, especially for them. Mm -hmm. The only problem is getting access to that land. We'll never get access no, to that No, uh, they have a couple of campgrounds, but it's basic campgrounds where you could take an RV or whatever. Right. A couple of hiking trails on the opposite side of the road, right. but everything on that side of the road seems to be always closed. All the forest roads, everything always locked up. It is. It's locked up tight, and I guess there's a reason for it. I don't know, but I don't think we're going to get any closer than to where we've been. Um, here's my thought. I'm thinking that we need to get on that road and go back further a little toward Cuba. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because here's my... He, you out there may not know, but here's my theory, and I've been thinking about this a lot. Going toward Cuba is going toward closer to the Hickory Apache tribe. Right. And I've been watching documentaries, and 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 now let me tell you where Hickory Apache tribe is. That's in Dulce, New Mexico. Now that ties into the big UFO conspiracy underground bases and whatnot and there's several books written by police officers and people that have witnessed state police officers so let me say state uh, they're the credible ones correct seeing all these ufo activity there and i watched the documentary and some of the hickory tribe members said i could smell them they're here and we've seen them so i'm thinking Okay, maybe they came down nomadically to our area for a while, and they come back up. I don't know. I'm just I'm theorizing. I'm not saying it's cut in stone, but I'm thinking maybe we should try up near that area. Yep, and uh, if you recall, uh, maybe a year ago, maybe not even a year ago, a uh, certain individual sent me a set of tracks Remember in the snow? Right, I do. And those were up. They were, they were in the Hamas Mountains, but they were on the Cuba side. They're, 
There you go, folks. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm I'm thinking we need to go up in that area because the Hickory, uh, the ones I've seen on the documentary, the Hickory tribal members say they're constantly there. They're always there. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, but there's a big conspiracy theory about the Dulce area having an underground UFO base. And uh, you could read yeah. about it on the Internet, the UFO wars or whatnot, but I don't want to get on the UFO subject. I'm just saying let's maybe try that area right. because we did find a habituation site there. Maybe we'll find one up there as well. Right. And uh, if, if you know the terrain around here, you go up toward Cuba. You're going north, and the further north you go, Colorado is right there. That's right. It, it gets for, full of thick forests. Mountains start developing. We're basically at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. Right. And uh, when you head that way, you're, you're getting into like the lower Fruitland, uh, Farmington, Aztec area. And that's where the San Juan River Basin is. And that is supposed to be a hot spot. And I've seen many videos. I've heard many stories about that area. Uh, I don't know how true this is, but the theory is that uh, the Navajo Nation has a satellite casino in Fruitland, and supposedly they caught these creatures digging through the dumpster on the on the on the security, on the security camera for the casino. I've heard uh, that as well. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would too. Um, um, now. To get back on the subject about structures, um, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't even scratch the surface of the, the wilderness. No. They stay on the main roads. Right. We like to get off to the beaten path a little bit. And this time we ventured out further than we ever did. Right. And that's when we found that structure. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, you, you, you can't be an armchair quarterback and call BS. You can't. So if you're going to sit on the couch and say everything's bullshit, we're going to tell you. Bullshit yourself. Get on out there and prove us wrong. Right. As a matter of fact, come with us and take us. You be the leader and you take us hiking in the mountains and you prove us wrong. Right. And it's just funny because we mentioned this on uh, uh, the last podcast or the one before that. When we were hiking toward that structure, we got close to the top of the hill. We never crested the hill, but we got close and... We heard noises, right? We did. So we heard like a, a metal clank, and then in the distance it was answered. Yeah. Uh, Two ridges on what the the ridge across answered. Right. And it was as there was a rock structure, and I told my brother, I said, I want to go up to that rock structure because I don't know what's up there. I don't know what's bedding down there. I don't know what's there. So I'm me and my stupid ass curiosity. That's what killed the cat. I don't have nine <laughs> lives. I have one, but I'm still curious. I said, let's go up to that rock structure. Now as we're creeping our way up there, looking for evidence as well. We heard like two metal poles go clunk, and then we heard like a wood knock in the distance, and we're like, "What is that?" Right. So, so you know, us us being the brave men, where we said maybe we should turn around because <laughs> the the hill is steep, right? And whatever's up there is definitely got power over us. And, <laughs> and that, that's not a hill you want to have to run down. No, you can't run down it. You'll tumble down it, right? And you'll probably break a few things while you're tumbling. Now. That, that was pretty interesting. Was that a, a scout uh, signaling to another one? Because there may be one on the hill watching us that whole time. Well, that's what they say. The scouts are up there watching, and they're going to notify everyone. The minute they see us, they're going to 
they're going to say, clack, clack, hey, right. here be- comes trouble. Because that area we go in, there'll be scattered campers all the way to the main road. Right. But we are usually the furthest back there. We, we do go the furthest that, back. That, they probably know us. They know our scent. They know we're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> oh, it's them again. <laughs> You're probably right there because we're the only ones that always try to go that far yeah. back. And this time while we were out, we, oh, they got a lot of rain. Yeah, that, that kind of put a damper on everything. Uh, it did. But we did hear, like I said, that when we were walking up the hill, the signal back and forth across the peaks and uh, the tree structure. So we can't count it as a bust. No, no, we can't. I mean, we were looking at footprints. and We're, we're seeing, like, I was seeing different paw prints and whatnot in the mud. And we were thinking, well, could this be? But the rain washed it out. But, no, once we got... I'd, I'd say halfway up the hill, and I saw the rocks. I said, "Let's go up there." That's when we started to hear the clanking, and uh, now we're, we're the only ones there. <laughs> now we did see, like going up and down the hill, they could be large prints, like when you walk in the mud and it slides. Right. But the rain—it just there's a lot of rain and grass, so it's hard to tell. The rain didn't really help us. Now that I remember about those uh, footprints in in the Cuba area, I'll put them on our Facebook page. You guys could take a look and, uh, you know, tell us what you think. Right. So my theory is we'll still go to our area. Trust me, we will always go there. But I think... uh, We're going to start branching out. We got to branch out. We got to... If we're going to take this serious like we want to, we got to start going to other areas. And uh, just, I'm not going to say no names, but there's a few people in the Fruitland, Farmington area that I'm going to reach out to. I'm going to shoot emails. I'm hoping I get a response, but I'm going to shoot some emails because you you people have posted your videos saying this is what you found. And uh, now we want to combine forces. We, we want to become the super team. Right, right. And, and before we sign off, I want to tell everyone on the Facebook page, we have a gentleman that posted a story of a couple seen one on I-40 uh, around the Petrified Forest area in Arizona. Right. And to see one on I-40, that's crazy. Yeah, but the, the closer you get to Flagstaff, you'll understand. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that haven't been to Flagstaff, it's all mountain, mountain and forest, ski resort. Right. So, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, we're glad you joined us tonight. We once again welcome you to Cryptid Crossroads 505. And uh, keep following us. Hit that subscribe button. And we'll see you next time. Right. And we'd love to hear from you. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.